Live from Kent, this is The Late Late Show with Toby Payne Cook and Ed Finch. And you are listening live. Good evening. I didn't realise what time it was. Going away in the little Ed, who's apparently boiling the kettle. Um, oh, we've got what in the studio. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. Ed's in Devon. I'm in Kent. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or join in the conversation by downloading the Podbean app and following Teachers Talk Radio. Hashtag TT Radio. Good evening, Hello. Ed. Good evening. How are you? Are you in the distant distance? Have I got to turn my microphone up? I don't know. I. Uh, it's, not, it's not just us again. We've got we've got Christine in the house, and we've got yes. Lucy in the house, and we did have a naff or something in the house, but they've gone already. So they didn't like the sound. Sorry if we said something offensive that early in the show that maybe they clicked on the wrong link. Maybe How's your I... week been? How's your week been then, eh? eh? My week has been good. I feel very, very, very happy. Um, I, I don't want to talk. Everyone, I think most people know, yes. Well, they don't know. They don't know. So, they don't um... know, but they know that you're happy. And that makes people who love you happy too, even if they don't know the exact detail of why you're happy. Yeah, I, 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 yes. I mean, I just say I, I still, I don't. I currently, I currently don't work on Wednesdays. Um, there yeah. you go. Um, but um, and so I, I said to um, uh, my um, boss, my line manager, who's who's deputy head, um, and and um, that um, on on lunch on Tuesday, I said I'm going to write you and and Eddie. Who's the head? A really nice letter tomorrow. I said. I said to her. I said there have been times in the last few years where I might have written quite a horrible letter, but actually I'm going to write a really, really nice letter. And um, and I had, that's what I've done today. I've also written a long letter to my mother today. Um, right. Not that she's going to read it or understand it, but I think sometimes putting words down on paper is better than just you know never-ending circular conversations. And so, so just sort of saying that something's got to change. Um, there, so mm-hmm. but that's so that's that. That's some sort of you know, between now and September, I'll be on Project Mother, I think, because I won't have much time for it after that. Anyway, um, hopefully, I'll be able to talk more but completely in more detail about it all next week because, um, um, there you go. Um, but yeah, I'm very, very happy, and um, it feels it feels um, pretty, pretty good to be being me at the moment. So, um, um I'm sure that won't last, but you know, there we go. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, there we go. What about you? I'm all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm battling on. I'm all right. Yeah, we're living. We're leaving. We're still breathing, aren't we? We're standing up. We're all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah there's a lot of a lot of. I mean, we we, go, we, of, uh, we can't. You know, we don't work for the BBC, but we 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 can't. We probably shouldn't talk politics, but but um, well, why not? Let's just let's just let's just um, I give a fist pump in the air for Gary Lineker. That's what I'm going to say. Well done, Gary. Yes. Well done, Gary. Oh, You're very distant, Ed. Your microphone's quite far from your mouth. 
We don't have his audience. It's true. We don't know his audience, but we're in the same game, aren't we? Basically, we're in the oh, same, in the same game. game. We're broadcasters. <laughs> we're very, yeah. you know, in a lot of ways. Do you know, I played Gary Lineker on stage once. Did you? I did, yeah. I played in a, in a um, production of uh, My Evening with Gary Lineker, which I don't know if you remember oh, yeah. that. Was a bit yeah, 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 yeah by Arthur Smith and did very well in the West End. Didn't do so well on the Amdram circuit, but, you know, we, we did our best. I, actually, I voiced him. I voiced Gary. I didn't actually play him. We had one of the um, Blues football team who didn't look at all like him, but who represented him on stage because he was an actual footballer. In a production that was uh, directed, I must be talking 1990, I'm going to say 1993, I think, Directed by Victoria Corran of Only Connect fame. Indeed, and of, of foreign co married to David Mitchell fame, yes. yes. So, she um, wasn't married to David Mitchell at the time. And, no. Uh, no. No, at the time she was just an ordinary girl who had extremely oh, no, rich... No, no, Victoria Cohen, I, I, like, I like Victoria Cohen. She's very, very intelligent and very, very witty, but I don't think she's a great... She's not... She's not I don't think she's a great presenter. No, I don't. I don't. She's very. No, and you know, I. I, I think she's a bit stilted. Her... She's a bit stilted. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think she, I don't quite know what she's famous for, other than being the daughter of Alan Corrin. If I'm going to be entirely catty about it, but there you go. Um, well, now, what I don't know, you see, I you're more intellectual than learning nice. it. I should know who Alan Corrin right. is, but I don't know who's Alan Corrin. Alan Corrin was at the time that she was born a very, very successful Times columnist, uh, humorous columnist. Broadcaster as well. He's sort of, you know, he'd prop up uh, Channel 4 panel shows, maybe. Do some yes, TV. Yeah, so I'm, I'm recognising the name. Humorous column, sort of a Hunter Davies sort of a character. Oh, or a yes, okay. Do you remember those names? Um, yeah, and he was very, yeah, no, he was, he was very funny. Are, you, are very... you broadcasting walking around your kitchen, Ed? Yeah, I'm making not you... the dishwasher. Is it not helping? <laughs> I love... Is it not creating love... a scene? <laughs> it's it's just your sort of your 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 voice is drifting in and out a little. Okay, well, I tell you what happened is I said to my son, who you know I love more than I love life itself. I said to him, "Come on, Douglas. After we've had tea, shall we go up the pub and have a midweek freshener?" And he yeah. said, "Yes, let's do that." Yeah. And then I said, "Oh, hang on a sec. I'd forgotten. I meant to be doing the radio thing with Toby," and he was visibly disappointed. You can't visibly disappoint your only child, can you? So I said, "All right, well, we'll, we'll as soon as we finish, we'll we'll charge up the pub quickly as we can, sink a pint, back down. I've got to be back in time for nine o'clock because you know the oh, people are sorry. sitting sorry. by their radios waiting, won't they? All of them. Um, well, I got you know, so I got so I didn't clear up the tea. Is what I'm saying. I haven't I haven't put it in the dishwasher. Oh. I'm gonna put it in the dishwasher. What am I going to cook with tomorrow? I have to buy like another frying pan just to make the tea." Yeah. So it's got, to be, it's got to be loaded and set off, hasn't it? Well, so one of the greatest pieces of advice that was given to me by a very dear friend, a very dear friend, she said, just do the dishwasher every day. Even if it's not completely full, just do it. And then you've got clean stuff in the morning. Isn't that wise? I mean, when you think about that. That's wise. Although in this day and age, we, you know, it's expensive running a dishwasher that's, that's half full. Um, you know and and costly to the environment, Ed. Yeah, well, you know, in Time only two money. more years, I shall be a lonely single man when I, at which point I will just eat instant noodles and I shan't even use the dishwasher anymore. But seeing oh. as, 
you know, sure. let's, let's right. live, it up. live it up while I've still got one, you know? Okay, we've got, well, you've got, I think we've got quite a lot to talk about. I think we should get on with our topic. Um, oh, my word. How professional. Yeah. Professional. So I think we should get on with our topic. And our topic um, this week um, is is Key Stage 3. So key that is in, in the UK um, education system. Key Stage 3, for those who don't know what it is, um, is years 7, 8 and most of nine, but nine tends to be gobbled up into key stage four, really, these days by quite a lot of schools because the GCSE syllabi or, or specifications or, or curriculum or whatever you want to call them are so clunky. So so that tends to sort of start in, in it's certainly halfway through nine. Um, and so, so key stage three is really seven, eight and into nine. Um, and um, it's, it, it's, it's a weird, weird thing in the sense that uh, it arguably, I think, children of that age, so age 11, 12, 13, perhaps turning 14, um, they're becoming adolescent and some of them are very adolescent at that age. Um, but, but, you know, the more the more um, adv- early sort of uh, adolescence and and um, go those going maturing quickly and going through puberty quickly. Um, but equally, um, it's pre, well, certainly year seven, and 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 a large chunk of eight is is pre pre the worst sort of the deepest mire of of adolescence, and and also most children by the age of eleven and twelve, in my experience, and I know my experience is not that broad, um, you know, they they can read, they can write, and they can do a bit of numbers stuff, um, yeah. and so they've got they've got sort of basic classroom competency, and and they're not sort of corrupted by the cynicism. Of of deep adolescence and and indeed adulthood for that matter, um, and they, they're sort of sponges. And if infused, um, they've got some quite good learning attributes and habits. I'm speaking generally, of course. Mm-hmm. And yet, um, it, it's a rather sort of unloved stage of education, I think, because because you leave, you know, for for ninety. Five percent of the population, anyway. Um, you leave primary school at the end end of year six, um, when you're eleven, and then you go into a big secondary school. There are still a few middle schools around the country, and there are some independent prep schools, um, as the one I currently work in, which go up to the end of year eight. But but in the most part, people transition from one school, um, a very different school to a very different school, um, at the age of eleven, and and then. And then, but it's not measured, is it? Key stage three is not measured in the way that um, key stage two is no. um, with the SATs, no. and in the way key stage four is with GCSEs, and indeed key stage five with um, with BTECs or A levels or, or or whatever. And so it's 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 sort of because, and in the modern world of measurement, it's rather. Um, you know that sort of drives education now obviously i don't believe that that should be the case but that is is what happens so so key stage three ends up being um for a lot of children i think a rather unloved period of education yet the children's brains and attitudes are generally pretty open and pretty positive for for learning at that age when Mm -hmm. you can argue that one or two or three years later they may not be so much so 
and, and one well, they, or two three years earlier they may not actually be kind of ready to to process so much information because their reading and writing skills yeah. are not quite where they need to be so, so it should be that golden age of education shouldn't it, it should be the absolute it should be the heart of it we should my god though they go to big school they've got teachers who know really know their stuff they've got some resources where they can actually you know have an actual art room and an actual science lab they can use real stuff they're not going to be measured at the end of it so they can really delve into it with passion it should be just like the you know it should be the jewel in the crown the only thing it should be when you look yeah. back at your education well you know primary school was great and we had a great time but it was mostly about reading and writing and maths because it kind of had to be because we had to build those tools yes we did fun stuff as well but you know but then we got a key stage three and oh my goodness we just opened ourselves up to knowledge and love of knowledge and excitement before it got constrained into the exam system you know that's that's you feel how it should be and i bet there's schools that do it like that and yeah, i'd yeah, love to meet them I'd love to. I'd love to do that because you know it has. You know, my my most acute experience of Key Stage Three education has been watching my son go through it. I mean, he's just gonna he's gonna take his GCSEs this year, so he's he's finished. Yeah, you know, he's finished Key Stage Three. But it was just, I really felt that uh, the schools were under such constraints that they had to deliver the GCSEs that the grave temptation was to just bring that pressure forward and forward and forward mm. to the point where Key Stage Three is. A bit pointless, you know, because if you know the end of the game is your GCSEs and you're pretty sure you're not going to do geography, just why bother? Why bother? Mm. You know, so you've got kids signing out, out of subjects from the beginning of year eight. Really? Well, I'm not going to do that GCSE because they know it's, it's about the GCSE, not about the joy and the fun. So how would you do it? How would you put it back in? You know, what would you in your um, utopian system? You're saying that one of the reasons it's. Not I think it's I think as rich in, as should be because there isn't a, you know there isn't some sort of metric on it. You I just think live through changing, it for a couple of years. No, exactly. But I, I think I think without changing, it, it's virtually impossible to change it for the better without changing what happens afterwards. Um, uh -huh. You know, yeah. without, without changing the GCSE system, without changing the 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 accountability measures associated with that, and and are the increasing. In, now, this is obviously my slightly um, out of kilter with perhaps many, many secondary teachers view. But but I think, it, you know, the commodification of education, if you like. So so for me, in, in you know, education is an abstract noun and it is something that is, is foundational and should be. I don't think it should be inspiration all the time. I do think there needs to be some nuts and bolts. But but I, I do, I, what I mean is, I think, you know, education is 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 the foundations of future interesting conversations future competence in in the world of work future um being able to engage with society on on a wider wider you know thing and understand you know news stories and, and things and so so education is the foundation of of everything that happens afterwards but yet with the increasing onus on on grades at gcse and 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 um, as a measure of school performance, um, it's sort of what we've done is we've commodified education in in the sense that it becomes a you know there's a product and that's your grades at, at, at really predominantly at GCSE and then of course A level if you're if you're going on to to select university courses etc. And so I think and because of that because that's so important um, and schools are measured so heavily about it. 
um, it means that, that the teacher's bread and butter in a secondary school is 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 those you know there's years nine and ten nine sorry ten and eleven classes, um, and and ten and year ten and eleven curriculum and and specification and and I've just had Anna's um, Anna's my youngest who's who's doing her GCSEs this year as is Douglas I've just had her parents evening and um, uh, you know and. Uh, some lovely conversations, but but you know, you're just, it, it really is just down to this sort of memorizing ways of answering questions and, yeah. and preparing for things. And and there's no, it's not open, is it? So so for the vast majority of children who finish, I know I've drifted onto GCSEs, and I'll come back to GCSE three, but but because that's what everything is about is about the, the answering those questions properly, learning those facts, learning the, the game, gaming a good grade in that exam. Mm-hmm becomes everything and and therefore as you say the pressure to to build strong foundations for that knowledge and and um uh, application of that knowledge in an exam um drifts down into key stage three and and therefore uh, and so then but so that's that's the kind of pull factor from above but also i think there's a there's a push factor from below which you know the overnight flip from class teacher in year six, who may be an absolutely brilliant teacher who knows 30 children really, really well inside out and is probably really excellent at teaching either maths or English and possibly excellent at teaching both. But, but you know, and, and um, you know, and they probably know quite a lot about one or two of the other foundation subjects and, and things. But, but, you know, children will you know, if children are maturing fast, they will be a bit bored of that one class teacher and that and they'll be ready to leave primary school, but probably by, you know, the Christmas of year six, if not, if not the end of year five, really. Um, mm-hmm. And and yet then they but then they sort of flip overnight to going from this this nurturing environment, this 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 environment with the whole child and and how they think and behave and learn in English and maths and science and and French and and, and, and geography or whatever. It's it sort of then that just is, is goes to a load of different teachers who may be brilliant and lovely and caring, um, but their real focus is on teaching, you know, GCSE subjects. And and so they're not, and those children are suddenly, you know, thrown from a school which maybe got 100, 150, 200, 250 children in it into a school that's got 500 or 600 or 1,000 or mm. 100 or sometimes 2,000 children in it. And, and and you know, teachers who are teaching 180 children or 210 children, you know, different children through the week. Um, and um, it's, it's so that, that, that cultural shift of, of what the classroom is like and what the school is like from year six to seven is huge and 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 a bit weird so the way children learn and the way they have to conform and behave and comply um they've got a they've got a lot to learn there when they're in year seven and so so there's not much continuity of the approach to learning and style of learning from year six into year seven and then you've got this drip down sort of stuff um coming and, and obviously I'm I you know I speak about science you know which is a very very it's a compulsory subject to GCSE it's also um very very content heavy and and I think it's I think there's so much you could do with science in key stage three um for people who aren't going to go on and become genius scientists at, at GCSE or A level you know there's so much and and yet yet science you know flips from being what could be quite an exciting engaging 
important life kind of skill to understand to a kind of basic level then gets flipped into a sort of diluted foundational GCSE curriculum for for future specialists um and I, I just think you sort of slightly kill kill it really um and there you go so I, I yeah so I don't know what I, I don't know what I'd do I, I I think I probably let you need to let, let you interject Ed for a minute I've got something else to say about that um and it's really about <laughs> subjects. it's really about subjects um but yeah. um but let, I'll let you chip in now well I just noticed that our um um, our friend Rachel has just popped something up on Twitter, a little graphic from something, something uh, a graphic design company are putting together for her. Um, and uh, using my detective skills, I'm looking at this um, little scrap of type of type that she's put up, and I think she's oh, yeah. going to be launching her Finding My Voice project. Um, well, but if she's if she's leaking the graphic, I think it might be le- it might be arriving soon. Um, oh, we, we won't spoiler it too much, but she's looking at pupil voice and she's done lots of projects with primary age children looking at pupil voice. How do kids actually experience their education and how can their voices improve it? Uh, and I think she's launching that across secondary quite soon. If I am, if my detective work is correct, I can see ding and oice, and I can't think of anything else she'd be doing that would have ding and oice in it. So, uh, yeah, I think that's. But I say this because I think that those kids who go into their secondary school, it, they're so proud, so excited they to wear their new school uniform and to walk into that building. Which, like you say, I mean, and, and where we live in the world, down here in Devon, I've got schools with 20 children in and less. They might be sending two year sixes up to the college. You know, there might, it might be a year where they don't send any, but <laughs> they're sending a couple of kids up to the college. And as you say, there'll be over a thousand children in that school and they go up with such high hopes with their fresh faces and their fresh uniforms and they've learnt, just learned how to tie a tie and i think that's really precious don't you i think it's really precious and so i guess you know yeah. when you honor those voices you want to say you know so these for these young people it's their one crack at it just as it is in primary you know and it's their one short chance to go through it and if it's just a, a holding stage till we start gcse's it's you know it's a real it's not just a waste of time, but it's actually a real, um, or oh, so it's a real letdown. It's a real betrayal of trust, I think. Yeah. And I, I understand I, why it's yours. But, um, you know, this is, you know, anecdotally, my kid, we, on his first day at big school, the tutor trying to be helpful said, now, why is it important that we, uh, you know, really work hard and do our best now that we're a secondary school? And the children said, oh, because it's uh, respectful to our teachers. And he said, well, yeah, no, that's true, but uh, it's not really what I was thinking. And he said, is it because, you know, we want to you know, live up to our potential? He said, well, I guess you do want to live up to your potential, but that's not what I was thinking. So he played guess what's in the teacher's head for a bit. And they said, it's important because we need you to leave secondary school with a good set of GCSEs. And that starts today. And, um, you can imagine, you can imagine saying it, can't you? And then catching yourself yeah. on. I expect he went home and he thought, "Oh, for heaven's sake, why did I say that? I wish I'd thought about it a bit more carefully." Because what he said to those kids is, "This is about your GCSE journey, and everything else is a bit of a sideshow. And if you're really convinced you're not going to do geography, then you don't really need to pay attention in those lessons, do you?" Yeah. I don't know what you could have said, but I think any of those first things that the kids were coming back to him is, "Ah, you know." It's because it's exciting to learn and we should be uh, fulfilling our potential. You know, so I think it's baked in and I'm 
I think it's baked in hard. I agree. If you don't change what GCSEs look like, you're unlikely. And it is. You know that. Do you remember that a few years ago now they start this that erosion that you alluded to at the start of the school that erosion of key stage three started yeah. to happen and lots of schools went oh we're going to go for a two year key stage three um, because we want to give the children another year to make sure they reach their potential in their GCSEs and there was a, there was a side of it which was hard to argue with because yes we do want them to leave with really solid set of GCSEs so that they're competitive in the market but if everybody does that we've just created another you know it's it's hardening to nothing yeah. probably doesn't work because just like we know in primary education that children who've got a really exciting all-round education just do better <laughs> you know they just do better because they know more stuff and they're more confident they've got more experiences to lean on that's just as relevant across your gcse palette as it is in your key stage two reading test or i would say it is <laughs> but um yeah i mean it's this thing isn't it to go okay why are we here? What we for? What's what's our actual core purpose? It, you know, because you know, making sure they've got the GCSE so they can go on and get the A's they want to, so they can go on and get the course they want to, is one thing. But gosh, it's a it's all the trouble is view of education, is, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I've spoken about this before. The whole the, the whole problem is, is the whole thing is top down, isn't it? So it's mm. the whole thing's top down. We need X amount of graduates in this subject we need y amount of graduates in this subject and therefore we need that many people to study a level and if you're maybe go we you... no, maybe we need to campaign to bring back middle school you know where they yeah, well, I, think middle schools, I think middle schools would be, would be good but i still think if you've got the, the same um accountability system at gcse and a level and mm. um that i don't i don't think that's going to change broadly what's taught in them or how it's taught in them but but what would change and based on the fact that so I mean, essentially, you know, my school is an in, in, in independent middle school. That's what sort of prep schools are. If they go up to year, year eight, and and so I've I've done a lot of teaching with key stage three at the top of the school. And when key stage three at the top of the school, what a difference it makes, you know, because because they are they are you know the, the, whoever's at the top of the school are regarded by you know subliminally maybe as mm. being the most important children in the school you know the, um, mm -hmm. because um and 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 i know that i know that's not how it should be but it's kind of how it sort of is by default really and um and so today they you know do a lot more and probably achieve a lot more um in a way um I, you know I, going back a few years my school and still quite a lot of prep schools had this thing called common entrance which was mm. which was awful i i thought you must it was it was common entrance was designed for the higher sort of ranking, the more selective public schools, you know, the Eatons and mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. Marlborough College and and Wellington College and and those sort of schools, Brighton College now, um, you know, for, for for creaming off the most academic school children yeah. and to common entrance, um, and it still happens, but it's not it's not a selection tool anymore because the, the way anyway. But I don't want to go off on one too much. But but common entrance is really like a diluted GCSE. So so you know they sit exams yeah. in in exam halls um in in science and maths in, in fact biology chemistry physics um and and maths and history and geography and english and and so forth and um and and i didn't i didn't like it because it was it was basically a two-year course you know year seven and eight mm -hmm. um, and 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 t it used to creep down into year six as well um in the oh, same you way. can do without that, can they? Yeah, and then so what you had is children who were twelve, maybe no more than twelve, revising um, mm -hmm. two years of content for for an exam 
um, from from sort of you know now until until you know late May, you know, mm-hmm. from, from yeah. mid March until mid May, late May, and and it, you know it's just bonkers. Now it's fine for the most. The, the quickest minds, the, the people with the best memories uh, who are going to be the most uber academic, you know, they're sort of academic scholars to those top ranking schools, but it's bonkers for, for all children. And so so we've moved, and as have a lot of other schools, to a more um, sort of baccalaureate style system, if you like, where where children get assessed via a variety of means. So that could be in science, assess practical work, small research projects, and some 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 memory test exams as well on, on the content. Um, or in, in you know drama and music, it might be you know role play and 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 um, composition and you know so, so, so you, and you get a, a get a grade, a numerical grade in all subjects. Um, and and uh, you know assessing the sort of subject specific skills as well as the subject specific knowledge and and it's just a bit more all round and 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 um you know the learning if you like is is assessed in a modular sort of way so there's not this you know this, this ridiculous mini GCSE at the end of year eight um and which I think is better but I have to say it's harder work you know this, this is a problem you know once you're in an exam based system it's much easier to teach to a test it's much easier to teach to a a specification and to give your you know and and to compare children on that narrow wicket is is it's 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 basically it's lazy education if you want my opinion you know it's it's because it's 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 easy it's tried and tested it 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 and um and so so that's that but then i can't without saying too much i'm still going to be a key stage three teacher um, in 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 any potential new role that I may have. Yeah. Um, but, well, well, listen. So, um, uh, who was saying? One of our friends on the chat was saying, and Christine was saying, would it be better to have teachers who are dedicated to key stage three and actually yeah. hold them? You know, when we hold them to account, whether well, through whatever appraisal system we use, hold them to account for um, you know for that stage. You know, I think you know, that would be. I think it, children who are ready for GCSE because they're raring to go and hopped up with knowledge and things, but um, but that's not the metric you hold them to. So it's one idea. Um, yeah, Christine no, also says idea. that the school she's working in currently, she's strong sense that the year sevens feel inferior to the year elevens, which is part of what you're saying. You know, we uh, maybe as the adults working in schools have this sort of subliminal feeling that the oldest children are the most important in some way. Uh, usually because they're coming up to the most high-stakes formal examinations of their uh, little lives. But, yeah, if you're a year seven in a great big school with a thousand pupils and you walk in there and you're tiny and they're huge and they're doing proper exams and you're marking time, you are going to, you know, unless their leadership are very clever at the pupil voice of making sure that people are heard and valued, you are going to feel less important, aren't you? Yeah. And I think I think that that's the other thing is is that yeah. So I think I think if you can, I don't think it, maybe it, sh- it shouldn't be completely segregated because of course there's there's great benefits to to some of the facilities and resources in secondary schools, you know, um, to to the younger children in them in those secondary schools. But I think I think more or less segregating teachers into key stages is not or or, or you know. It, is not a bad idea because because it means those if 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 a if a teacher is responsible for teaching science or or drama or or art or history or whatever across key stage three then they're going you know and they're not being measured on their their GCSE results they're being measured on on their progress and in imparting of of enthusiasm and motivation for learning that subject um 
then that that's that's going to give the children a better experience isn't it because the teachers are more invested in that stage of education so so i think that's a good thing that's why i i sent a tweet earlier on and i think one or two people misinterpreted that, that i was going to have all those people whose names i've basically forwarded our our tweet about about this show to a few quite highbrow people on the on the twits and one guy mm -hmm. i copied in was a guy called sir mark grundy who is head of i think shire something academy in in um Birmingham and I heard him speak at Eastbourne College which is an independent school and 13 plus independent school so it starts in year nine um, in Eastbourne um, they hosted a sort of key stage three conference um, even though they don't have a key stage three themselves because they start with <laughs> In, but but because of this whole the way selection for for senior schools has changed and the way key stage three has changed in in in, in the prep school world and um he this is Sir mark grundy was who worked in the state sector and and he his school or his his, his academies his schools within his academy change they have a very different model in key stage three in the sense they have a semi like a middle school sort of model a semi or not even a middle school model a sort of semi-primary model so they will have a class teacher who is their sort of tutor who will teach them english or maths and two or three other subjects and um and so they will be in one class with one teacher for a about, I think in year seven, about half their week. And then the other half of the week, they're off out in the art room or the science labs or the, yeah. or the music room or, 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 or the, you know, whatever, or with the specialist language teachers, et cetera. Um, and, and, and then in year eight, that goes down to about a quarter of the time with this, with this one, one teacher. And then, and That's then a beautiful year, way of doing it, isn't it? Isn't way of doing beautiful it? way of doing, doing it. Really good. Really, really good. And of good. course, uh, you know, our um, friend, friend James Mannion talks, talks, doesn't he of course in uh, fear is the mind killer about the work they did in their key stage three creating the conditions for learning really they yeah. did a lot of time on oracy a lot of time doing um philosophy for children and a lot of time doing independent research and and um creating talks and presentations so the children had all that confidence in their own language and their own voice and their own study skills and that taking that actually out of curriculum saying that's not actually about um phse or um computing whatever this is about learning to be ready in yeah. an exciting way and they you know and it had and he your friend mr grundy presumably related to the grundies of of, of uh, um, what's it called what's the village in the archers the grundies yeah eddie grundy and um, is he related to eddie grundy because if he is i want to shake his hand um, well yeah because that's set in that's set, set around there isn't it eddie grundy is a fictional is. character isn't he <laughs> Eddie, Eddie Grundy is fictional, but only if, you know, I mean, those of us who are true aficionados believe that it's all true, of course, don't we? And they, the BBC yeah. fitted the entire village with um, with with microphones in the early 50s and they've maintained it since. Um, I am slowly but yes, beginning. No, but I'm sure he will say we do this and it gives us better GCSE results at the end because otherwise, you know, people are paying money here. <laughs> they want their kids to have a good experience, but they get pretty sweaty if they think they're not getting the exams. And yeah. so with the people in the Seaside Academy or whatever it's called in that book who are like, we're doing this because we think it gives the children the chance to become better students. Yeah. You know? And exactly. exactly. Um, I've got, why you would do it. I think we should probably have a break for the 
news. This is quite a serious show by our standards, Ed. It's, but it's important. I think it's a nice discussion. Well, um, we're and enjoying some it, good but comments. I mean, we can't last. We'll start taking a mix soon, won't we? I should no, think... I think we also. I think what what I suggest is that I've mm. got something. I, the only thing I really want to sort of explore a bit more um, is is a little bit about what I would do with science in key stage three, if, if, if I had my way, um, it, it, you know, complete freedom. And also um, just to talk about the whole subject thing and, and how, you know, d- discrete subjects and, and, and how that, that, you know, and, and that's the culture we're in at the moment, which, which will overlap with other discussions we've had. So those are the two things I want to talk about briefly after the news. And we've got some fun music coming up and we might, we might disintegrate into something silly before the end of the show. Who knows? But for now, everybody, it is time for the news. I think we will be about seven minutes today, maybe or maybe slightly less than that. Um, so be back um, very soon. Thank you very much. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. The BBC has relaunched the 500 Words Writing Competition. The competition was first launched on Radio 2 in 2011 by its then Breakfast Show presenter, Chris Evans. The UK-wide contest continued until 2020 with Evans' successor Zoe Ball. It will return in September and will again be backed by Queen Consort Camilla. It will also be supported by Sir Lenny Henry. The announcement was made on Thursday the 1st of March, World Book Day, on BBC One's Breakfast News programme. BBC Breakfast presenter John Kay said, We are delighted to be championing 500 words and look forward to stellar entries from talented, aspiring young writers. Up until 2020, the competition had received more than one million stories, all written by children and adding up to more than 440 million words. Judges on this year's panel will include teachers and librarians, as well as best-selling authors, which will include former children's laureate Mallory Blackman and Charlie Higson, author of five of the Young Bond novels. The grand final will feature 50 of the best entries from two different age categories and it will take place on World Book Day 2024. WhatsApp messages sent by government ministers and civil servants during the height of the pandemic have been causing a stir in many circles since The Telegraph published its series of stories giving insight into a usually private world. Several teaching unions hit out at what was described as contemptible comments made in the WhatsApps by former Education Secretary Sir Gavin Williamson. In the messages, Williamson appeared to suggest that staff were looking for an excuse not to work during the pandemic. There were also comments made by former Health Secretary Matt Hancock, who referred to teaching unions as a bunch of absolute arses. Sir Gavin was seen to reply, they really, really do just hate work. In a perhaps ill-advised series of tweets this week, Sir Gavin Williamson attempted first an apology, saying the comments were aimed at some unions and that he had the utmost respect for teachers. 
but many of those replying pointed out that unions are made up of teachers and that cannot be separated. They and union leaders went on to point out that teachers worked throughout the pandemic. National Education Union Joint General Secretary Mary Bowsted went on to say that she hoped that the present Education Secretary Gillian Keegan did not share the contemptuous attitude whilst the current pay dispute continues. Whilst the pay disputes continue in England, they are possibly just getting started in the Channel Island of Guernsey. NESUWT leaders on the island say that local members have voted overwhelmingly in favour of industrial action over pay and workload. According to a report in Guernsey Press, strike action was backed by nine out of ten voters who took part in the ballot. 57% of members voted. Teachers in Guernsey have been offered a three-year deal with a 5% increase in 2022, a 7% increase in 2023 and an increase of 1% below inflation in 2024. Meanwhile, in Scotland, the EIS union has suspended all planned strike action after a new pay deal was offered. The 12.3% increase on the current pay rate has been welcomed by EIS leaders, who are said to be recommending its members accept the offer. The union will ballot its members on the deal, which would see teacher pay rise by £5,200 in April. Scotland's Education Secretary has welcomed the suspensions of strike action, but the NESUWT's General Secretary, Dr Patrick Roach, said the offer was paltry, and whilst it would ballot members, its campaign of strike action and action short of strikes would continue. Finally, while strike action causes disruption in schools, the Eastern Daily Press reports that some families have opted for family days out to local tourist attractions. Many of the attractions have created special offers and promotions to make the most of possible extra visitors on planned strike days. Banham Zoo and Africa Alive offered free entry for up to three children per paying adult. A spokesperson for the attraction said they hoped to provide an educational experience for children to learn about the planet and the environment. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week we're going to talk about tech for well-being. We all have tech all around us, but what do you do to strike a work-life balance when technology makes you available 24-7? During the pandemic, parents having the ability to directly message or email teachers increased, and for good reason. The issue now is some schools have continued to maintain this communication. Here are a couple of ideas to let tech make your communication a little easier. First, you need to read your school's policy on replying to messages. This will outline what you're expected to do. A lot of systems have an auto response or an out of office reply. When you're taking a break, switching this on can send an automated message to let people know you will respond in a timely manner. Here is where you could quote the school's policy. Do not disturb is another setting you could use to stop devices notifying you between set times that you decide. You can also set this so certain people like family and friends can still alert you. Delayed response is a setting in a lot of email applications. If you want to create emails at unsociable times, you can set them to send at specific times, allowing you to work when you like, but not go against any timing set out in school policy. Why not tell us what you do with tech for your well-being at TT Radio Official? I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio.
been but missing but, 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 Steve. But, 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 missing him. Been missing miss Steve. Yeah, miss, it was good to have him back. Good to have him back. And that was less than two minutes, I think. Two minutes. It was less than two minutes. Well. And it was a classic. It was a classic of his of the genre, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. Who it was. knew? Who knew you could schedule your emails? My word. Mm. What will they think of? How it? many? I I I I I'm terrible on my 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 personal and work emails. Is I just the ones that I don't even open because I know I don't mm. need to open. I don't delete them, you know. Just they just sort of sit they just there, sit there forever. They just sit there, clogging up. So I've got, I've got, I've got, I don't know, thousands of unread messages in, in you know, and and and, I do and you know, I never think about how many unread emails I've got on my personal account. Oh, no, you, I know you get people, you get people um, uh, bragging, don't you, that they've got their inbox down to like ten messages or something. I know, and I, I long for because I think if I could get it down to ten. I might, you know, it's possible I might stick with it. I have got, I've just opened the, up the app. I've got 30,174 unread. Have you? Hang on. Most what, of them wait. from LinkedIn. This is, this is in your, in your, um, it's my personal account at work. Gmail or whatever. Right, I'm, gonna, I'm not saying I'm on zero at work, but I'm on, on very few. Hang on. Hang on. Whereas hang on. on my personal account, flippity do. Oh, no. I've got in my inbox. I've got forty-five thousand two hundred thirty-six messages. Nine thousand okay. four hundred unread. Nine thousand four hundred unread. Oh well, I've got. You, I'm way ahead of you with the. Unread. You are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, but I'm bad at deleting the ones I have read that I don't need anyway. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Really. There we go. Anyway, um, and so yeah. We've done Key Stage 3 quite well, but I just I suppose one oh, thing... we covered it, mate. We covered it. We but covered you it. To talk about science. I just science. want to briefly, briefly, yeah. I just yeah, think that, that there's, briefly. of course, the clunkier and heavier your curriculum content is and, and yeah. more complex and abstract it is at GCSE and beyond, and then, therefore, the, the, the clunkier and heavier your Key Stage 3 content needs to be. But I just think it's, you know... And I know that, that we've got the kind of, and, and you know, I, I sort of agree with her to some extent. And I know, uh, you know, the Daisy Christodoulou worldview, you know, this, this, the idea that you've got to, you know, you've got to hook knowledge onto knowledge and, and you can't really think deeply about a subject until you know an awful lot about it and all that stuff. I get that for academics, but, but, you know, come on, you know, we're not, we're not just educating academics. We're not just educating future academics. And, and I enjoy educating future academics very much, but, but equally, you know, that some people can be late developers and some people can become very useful thinkers as adults who aren't good in the in the exam system in their adolescence because they're just they're just not invested in it they don't have an agency they don't and all that sort of stuff so i just think that that what we should be doing with science at key stage three is not all just whiz bang um whiz bang sort of uh, experiments and stuff but we should do some of that we should do some science skills some investigations but not just uh, you know and, and you know you can do something like that i do the science of sherbet with with um with my year eights um and i love doing it i mean they they, they can they, i have know, two minutes on the, the science of sherbet please because i didn't know it yeah. was interesting go in well well so i what, what i do is so they get they get at the end of the process they get to they get to make that i bring in some food grade um 
citric acid and and bicarbonate of soda and icing sugar and i i put on some out some clean fresh clean um a3 white paper and i get to sort of do a bit of blending studies to get the kind of the blend the right ratios and then they get to make a small sample and they take it home and we do make a label for it and it's a bit of product development but but the chemistry of it is is the reaction the physics that causes fizzing in your mouth is a reaction of a of a metal carbonate sodium bicarbonate with an acid citric acid and um so that is that is a, a key stage three chemical reaction you react a metal carbonate with a um which is a base um uh, and um with an acid and you create a, you make a salt and you make water but because it's a metal carbonate you also give off carbon dioxide gas so so we study the ratio so we can do some weight loss experiments on on electronic balances to look at to try and optimize the the ratio of the ingredients um to get to, so that you're optimizing the reaction because you definitely don't you want to react all the sodium bicarbonate because it tastes disgusting you have a slight excess of citric acid because you want that sort of sour tangy sort of taste um and of course, then we do um, a bit of solubility. So we see which one's the most soluble. Obviously, the sugar's the most soluble. Um, and um, the sodium bicarbonate's the least soluble of the three. We measure, we dissolved a bit of dissolving and solubility. We measure the pH of the three ingredients. Um, we do a bit of taste testing. You know, we taste a little bit of each one and describe its taste. And what else? Oh, we look at the exothermic reaction as well. So, so um, it's quite a rare, not the exothermic, the endothermic reaction, which is when you react citric acid and sodium bicarbonate together. And it gets in cold. Water in solution. It, makes it, it gets co colder, much, colder. much colder. That's exciting. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, that's exciting. Who knew exactly. Sherbet was so exciting? There you go. You've had yeah. a few minutes. You've convinced me. There you go. So that so but things like that because there's a lot of there's a lot of key stage three con chemistry content in there. But also Can I just refer you, please though, to Maxim yeah. though, before we go any further, Maxim yeah. says he went to a fancy dress party as a metal carbonate. Did he? When no, the host why? answered the door dressed as the element NA, I didn't know how to react. <laughs> there you go, Maxim, a genuine laugh for that one. Well done, well done, well done. Right. Nice. Okay. Um, right, carry on. Yeah. So, but I think with science, I think I think, and this is why I have an issue. It overlaps with subjects that I think in year seven and eight, um, there should be, um, we sh it should be issues based education. So we should be looking at climate change through the lens of geography, physics biology chemistry history industrial revolution etc you know we should be looking at um and, and and you know and and so i think rather than rather than worrying about specific subject content you know in year seven into year eight you know create you know topic stuff which is very against the current status quo i know but that's what i think we should be doing is looking at why science why understanding science is really important and look at some issues that, is that can be accessed it's heretical what sorry it's heretical. It's heretical. I don't and know then that in you year dare nine, say that. I mean, you you get yourself cancelled for it. I know. But then I in year nine, like the sound of it. But then in year nine, mm -hmm. what you should do is is, is mm -hmm. all the subjects, all the all the subjects at GCSE should should get the chance before you start diving into the content of those subjects to just basically introduce themselves over half a term. So so sort of five or six weeks seven weeks maybe of, of teaching you know you you do this is what chemistry is and this is what's in the course in chemistry and this is why you need to learn chemistry and why it's useful and 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 you know so you kind of you condense the whole gcse course into the key bits without without worrying about 
you know, fully understanding every concept, but, you know, you're kind of just the bigger picture. Yeah. So, so you sort of do an introduction to the subject and this is geography and this is history. And you, you, and then instead of whereas because what happens is we go straight into the in key stage three or key stage four, we go straight into history or geography or physics or whatever by not, we just don't look at the big picture enough, you know, so you, you don't ever get to look at the big picture on these things unless you study them beyond school uh, degree level and and beyond in fact to be honest and i think that's sad so i think everyone should be given a bit of an insight into the big picture but of course our yeah. whole education system is not set up that way um before when they're before they're deciding what subjects to actually study at gcse well, it could do you know it could happen in key stage doesn't it i mean it, i don't know what the current ofsted regime will say about it but here's the thing when there was that great uh, the great uh, attrition when lots of lots and lots of schools said no we're going to have a two-year um, key stage three because we want the extra year for the gcse courses ofsted said i think quite explicitly i can't remember what it through what medium but i think whether it was a speech or whether it was some guidance that was issued to schools, they said, no, we frown on this. This is not the idea we want. We want children to have the full, rich experience of Key Stage 3. And like an awful lot of the secondary sector just collectively shrugged and said, well, do you know what? We're going to do the best we can do for the kids we've got. And we think that is getting them the best GCSEs. So mark us down for it. If you want to, we think our parents would rather get the children things. So, and, and it didn't cause a massive disaster. You know, lots of schools, the team went in, the team said, you know, explain what's going on. The leadership team would say, we're doing this for this reason. We think it's the best. And um, generally, it did not trigger people with good schools going into special measures. You know, they were yeah. trusted to make the choices. So I reckon you could, you know, maybe someone listening, maybe someone out there would like to commission, <laughs> commission you and me to go in there and rewrite Key Stage 3 but it all around, as you say, all about issues or all about problem-based learning. I'm my friend Elon would like on board with that. Yeah. Key stage three, problem-based thing. Not unlike um, the way my friend Tina Farr approached, uh, approaches key stage two curriculum at her school St. Ebbs in Oxford. That's very much like each term has a big, big question or a yeah. big problem to solve. And they go in and they, you know, it's all been very carefully planned. The knowledge is there. They could, they can argue that they're, knowledge rich because they've said by pursuing this course of study to to uh, discover more about in order to solve this problem or answer this question they're going to have to encounter all this knowledge along the way in actual fact we'll be very purposeful that they do yeah so it's not knowledge rich what it is is it's rich in um it's rich in narrative it's rich yeah. in story isn't it because we're doing yeah. this stuff for a reason now we're not just remembering that you know, the short one is the positive side on a circuit diagram. We're doing it because we're going to get it right because we're going to build this thing which is going to solve this problem. I think mm. year sevens, you know, you don't stop being a child over the summer when you've no. finished year six and going into year seven. You know, year no. sevens, they're, you know, they're 11 years old. They're 12 years old. You know, they're, t <laughs> they, they're kids and they deserve they the are. chance to learn through story and learn through play just as much as... Uh, case stage two do and year eight if, if i'm year sure eight, hundreds of quite, if, you know if, they don't if listen to this got, sorry if year no, eight haven't got yeah if year eight you, haven't go, got you year, go yeah if year eights haven't got year nines or tens or elevens above them they're really young kids as well but it's only yeah. if, they're, if they're surrounded by you know year nines tens elevens who are all you know vaping and exploring you know vaping or mm -hmm. or starting to you know experiment with things they know they shouldn't do but they do do because it's you know teenage rebellion and all that sort of stuff mm. um 
then then year eight's pretty young kids too really i mean they can they can start to look quite big um but um anyway there we go i think we've done it and go. you've got something else to say i butted in on you what were you saying well, i don't think i've got anything else to say really um i oh, no, i doubt it was interesting uh, oh well, no it was right. i think i think it's been i think it's well i've enjoyed talking about that and I, but you know mm. of course we can't it, it is just it is unloved and and i think there should be more done with it but it, right now with the funding crisis um in in the state sector it's it's not going to be anytime soon that any revolution happens there but um but you know give it five ten years who knows who knows the world could be quite it's different all to play for, it? it's all to play for it's all to play i'll for. tell you what while we're on this subject just like one last tiny little punt out there yeah no, i'm not meant to advertise but i was very profoundly moved in a way i wasn't expecting to our friend well it's my friend and i think um our friend howell um howell roberts has published his new book it's called botheredness um, yeah. And it really talks about a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about today, which is putting narrative and adventure and problem solving and uh, excitement back into the curriculum and finding ways that stories can take us to the places we need children to go to. Um, it's a solid book. It's 301 pages. It's a chunker. Whoa. It's More not like one of these little books that, you know, that you, you, you know, everybody's written a book nowadays and most of them are barely pamphlets. Oh, I would say yeah. Howell's book is a, is a good solid. It would keep the door open on a windy day if you needed it to. And anyway, I'm, that's a good title. I like that. Bothered, bothered. Yeah, we bothered. We got, we're bothered about this stuff because we care about it. We care about the kids, but we also actually care about this stuff that we're teaching because we think it's interesting. Yeah. We yeah. think if more people have more of the interesting stuff in their heads then the world will be a richer place, you know? So, yeah, yeah botheredness is the, is the book. I've got a bothered badge. Anyway, he's published a new book. It's, it's out recently. I'm not advertising it. I'm just very proud. No, no, you are. I noticed That's fine. You're allowed to, I think. He's That's put, okay. I'm the, no, he's put, um, he's put in um, a whole sort of half a page of, of acknowledgements of people who've been uh, uh, in some way uh, influential on his thinking, um, he's got there um, Dave Whitaker, you know. I'm sure you know Professor Rachel Lofthouse is in there, mm. but also the Manic Street Preachers are on <laughs> his good. list, and um, you know people that I know like Ed Southall, but also Steven Spielberg, <laughs> Stevens, all sorts of people. The Beagles, the Rooks, the Maddens, Stuart mm. Lee, Jason Isaacs, Stuart Lee, you know, good, good old people. Stuart Lee. Oh, anyway, I'm very Nil. proud that my name is in that list there, next to on my friend the... Darren's. So yeah, that's if good. I've that's had a brilliant. tiny little bit of influence somewhere down the line and and helped that book come out, I'm is very Darren proud of off that. the Twits? I haven't I haven't seen him a long time on the Twits. I haven't seen much of him, but the Twits has been somehow kind of like weird. Re yeah, reconfigured to divide us, hasn't it? Lots of people are it saying has. they don't see me anymore. They say, "Oh Ed, we don't see you anymore. Are you still tweeting?" I'm like, well, "More's the pity I am." There's been more normal this last week, I think, than it has been for a long yeah. time. But that might be just because Fed Music Channel. Or is a bit when all the links stopped working. I sent an embarrassing message to somebody saying you've you got did. a broken link. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Right. Never mind. Come on, then. We, are we going to do a bit of a tribute to Burt Bacharach? Well, we're going to try. I've never played because, it in my because life he died a few weeks ago, him. and we haven't. We weren't doing shows at that time, and so I love a bit of Burt. Yes, I love this. So this one's for you, my baby. Here we go. Raindrops keep falling on my head. And just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed, nothing seems to fit those rain. 
raindrops are falling on my head, they keep falling. So I just did do some talking, talking to, to the, sun. the sun. And I said, I didn't like the way that he got things done. Sleeping on the job, those raindrops are falling on my head. My head they keep falling. Keep falling. But, there's but there's one thing. thing. I know, I know the blues they sent to me, to me won't defeat me, and it won't be long till happiness steps up to greet me. Raindrops falling on my head, but that doesn't mean my eyes will soon be turning red. Crying's not for me, cause I'm never gonna stop the rain by complaining, because I'm free, nothing's worrying me, nothing's worrying me, nothing's worrying me. That is lovely ed and that song and um, obviously from the film butch Cassidy and the sundance, and the sundance kid. kid and yeah. my mum's favorite film i think i love i love that film i love that scene catherine ross on the bicycle with paul newman um and yeah lovely lovely scene or was it yeah it was with paul newman on the bicycle wasn't it, it was mm, with, yeah um, yeah and, and the sundance kid was yeah anyway there we go a little bit of burt Bacharach. Uh, I'm very astonished I managed to get through that one. My, I well. must be better on the uke than I thought I was. <laughs> yeah, you were good. You were good. Lovely. And um, you, I also liked the Manic Street Preachers covered that for the Help um, album in 1994, which was for Help there was for um, Bosnia, Bosnia War, War Child um, yeah, charity. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was, that yeah. was a yeah, good, nice cover, actually. Um, I like his voice, James Dean from Bradfield's voice, the Manic Street Preachers. Mm -hmm. He's got quite a distinctive voice hasn't he that that he can rasp. sing he can sing he can sing a bit he he's got sing, a rasp yeah. but he can sing yeah yeah anyway, anyway my friends it is past 10 o'clock we should probably uh, let these good um, people go to their beds Thank you for listening. I hope you appreciate it, our, our Key Stage 3 scholarship, everybody there. Um, and um, lovely to have you with us. Um, we, we, I don't know what we'll talk about next week, but maybe something a little bit more um, frivolous or lighthearted. Who knows? Um, whatever comes into our mind, we'll see what happens through the week. Um, have a good rest of the week, everybody. Take care of yourselves. Um, cheers all. Happy cheers days. Cheers all. bye You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.